tonight to give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. I thank God for all of his blessings. Praise God. But I have opportunity tonight to bless him and to praise him and to give him glory. Hallelujah. I think we need to lift up our voice and make that a declaration here tonight. We give you glory. We praise you, Lord. We acknowledge you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord, and praise you. And thank you for your blessing and your goodness and what we feel in the house of God tonight. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's take them out while you're taking them out and turning. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 1 and verse number 67. Very excited about Gabe and Kelsey. They would have already eloped. They would have months ago, about a month and a half ago. They said, we don't need a wedding. We're not into all that kind of stuff. And, and I told them, you just need to, you need to relax and not get in such an all-fired hurry. <laughs> uh, because we want to celebrate with you. And so if you want to trim it down and make it simple, that's fine. But all of us want to be a part of, of your wedding. This is a special day. And these are special young people. They are special young people. Gabe Bustamante is a workhorse. And he is such a huge blessing to me and this church. Kelsey is amazing in our school. Sings and, and is a, she has a miraculous testimony. If it was not for the Lord, she wouldn't be in the house of God because there were a lot of obstacles standing in her way that would have taken her out a long time ago. But she's in the house of God because God has been very, very good to her and because she loves God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give this couple a hand clap. Hallelujah. I'm excited for them. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm not exaggerating. They would have had an office wedding and been on their way. You know, there's family and mom and there's other people that that you, you want some things that you can look back on and say, that was a good day. But in their mind, we have each other and that's enough. <laughs> Praise God. So we're excited for them. And then I'm not going to call your name. I'm not going to do that to you. I wouldn't want to embarrass anybody. But I see you. I see you here tonight. And I am so very, very proud of you. You are amazing. You are awesome. You have been a blessing. You have not been around here for very long, but you have taken ownership of some things. You've stepped out in some ways and areas, and I've been kind of prodding you and what have you because I, I want to build you up and encourage you. And tonight, I see you. And I want to say tonight that you are uh, one handsome dude. You need to hear that from me. You, you, <laughs> praise God. God. God is really, really good to you, and the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, praise God, has made a difference in your life and in your world. Amen. And not only that, you've stepped out and said, I want to be used of God, and you've helped us. You worked very, very diligently, very hard during 238. You've taken some ownership about some things around here. I just want to, I just feel like punching the devil in the face. Because the devil would love to bring all kinds of insecurity and stuff in our way. But we got the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost is on our side, we don't have to fear anybody or anything. Amen, amen. amen. 
Praise God. I'll privately say something to you ladies. I just want to say that here tonight to you. Also, I know you're standing, so I'll let you sit down here in a minute. We mentioned Thrive Ministry. That is changing a little bit. Thrive Ministry has always been for younger married couples, and it's changing now to family ministry. I will say family ministry. Family ministry. It's family ministry up to the age of 60, so it includes families. And uh, there is a, a couple that has wanted to take some ownership and expand this ministry to another level, and that is Brother and Sister Winkler. And so we're very, very excited that they're taking this upon themselves. And uh, so it's going to move to another level, go to another level. And they're moving out of, not right away, but out of T-Rocket Ministry, which they've been in for a long, long time. Very faithful, very diligent, and has built it to, to what it is. And now it's somebody... It's time for somebody else to take it to another level. But we're so excited about this because families are so very, very important. And this family has a burden for families. And so we're excited about Thrive Ministry, which is family ministry. So let's give them a hand clap of appreciation. Thank you. We want the anointing of God to be upon both of you. Amen. We want God to do great things among our families. Praise God. So there is that. And then there's also Monday night. Monday night is going to be called Connection. Everyone say Connection. It is Connection with an X. Connection with an X. Every Monday night, we'll always, always have prayer. We'll always start with prayer. We'll have a half hour of prayer. But then we're going to be doing a lot of different things, trying to bring people in, trying to encourage people, trying to help. We're encouraging growth be different things and we'll talk about it will be for everybody there'll be something for everybody one night a month we'll have some food and we'll have fellowship and what have you so we are launching that as well amen I, god's going to do great things in this upcoming year and i want to be available to whatever he's going to do in 2024 amen praise god luke chapter 1 verse 67 i'll just read the first verse and then let you sit to read the rest of it and his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, and his father, Zacharias, the father of who? John the Baptist, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, I'm going to preach to you for a few moments here tonight and vision cast just a little bit about this year. And my title is No Empty Chair, No empty chair. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. We ask that you would direct us tonight. Amen. We rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. We pray for healing and anointing and a touch of God. And we ask all these things in your great name. And someone said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. No empty chair was the theme of the 238 conference that we just had. And we got to thinking about themes and focus for a year. And we decided in the future it would be very, very wise because most of the work is already done. And we always end with such a power-packed conference that we would just continue that theme throughout the rest of the year for our church. And so No Empty Chair is the theme this year. It was the theme for the 238 conference. And it's our theme for this next year and I'll explain what that means but here in our passage of scripture in the book of Luke chapter number one and verse number 67 it says Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and he started prophesying 
It's amazing when you're full of the Holy Ghost what you'll do. In this case, he was full of the Holy Ghost. He prophesied. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you can do some amazing things when the Holy Ghost is working through you. Without the Holy Ghost, you can do nothing. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. We need Jesus, and if Jesus is the Holy Ghost, then we need Jesus on the inside of us to help us do what we need to do. Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. He started prophesying, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Zacharias' mouth opened up and he started prophesying about his son named John the Baptist who was going to be one that prepared the way of Jesus. And in that prophecy, he said, this son, my son, is going to prepare the way of one that is coming. And when he comes, he's going to bring salvation. And he is going to bring a remission of sins. He's going to bring mercy to individuals that seek and call upon him. And he is going to bring peace to all people. Praise God. I want to prophesy along with Zacharias here tonight and say the same prophecy is still true today. It was good in the first century. It's still true in 2024. Jesus is coming. Jesus is preparing a pathway of salvation and redemption for all people. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord together. <clears throat> there is a book, it is a very large book, it's a book that took over 20 years to publish, 20 years it took to publish a book entitled Atlas of Furniture Design, 20 years, it's a, a manufacturing achievement as well as an informational one, it was released in 2019. And the title is deceiving because it's not an atlas of furniture as much as it is a book about the design of chairs. About 90% of the objects in the atlas are chairs or chair adjacent objects like stools, low tables, day beds, and things of this sort, some tables and some shelves. But the book as a whole is an overview of industrialized 
furniture design from 1780 to 2017. And so each period, they're broken down in periods. There's an illustrated history of the technology, the culture, and design sensibilities that shaped each period. And then there are hundreds of pages of the objects that are made during that period so you can visualize each particular chair. They'll show a chair, put it in its context. They'll explain where it came from, what became of it. And there are all the facts that you need, such as the dimensions, the materials, and the designers that made a chair possible. The very book itself is a technological feat. It is 1,028 pages, and it's assembled from smaller book blocks. So it's books within a book that is all connected. Some of the books are made of different paper stock, and some of the book blocks are different sizes so that you can flip through and find each era of chair making. A chair is designed as space to be filled. That is what a chair, that's what a purpose of a chair is. This particular atlas is looking at all of the designs of all the designers throughout the course of a lot of history that are providing a space for someone to fill it. And the theme this year for 2024 is no empty chair, which is space that needs to be filled. And there's a lot of space that we can fill in our lives. I'm reminded of all the messages that I heard this 238 Youth Conference, and it was talking about filling some spaces. One of the messages was on intercessory prayer, which was amazing for a youth conference to hear something like that. But the clarion call that was going out is that young people in our generation, we need to fill the space of being an intercessory prayer warrior, that it's important, that it's valuable. And somebody said amen. It is absolutely important and value. And I'm hoping and praying that there are some young people that were inspired to step into that space and say, you know what? There may be some space there, but I want to step into it, and I want to be an intercessory prayer warrior because it's valuable. It's space that needs to be filled. There were messages that talked about Bible studies. There, there's space that needs to be filled with Bible studies. We can't just come to the house of God and reap the benefits of having good church and not have a burden for people and get out and teach some Bible studies. And the inspiration went out that if you can read, you can teach this Bible study. And so a Bible study was given to every young person. And I'm hoping in 2024 that there are going to be a lot of Bible studies that take place because young people and everybody else say, hey, there's some space that needs to be filled. Somebody needs to hear the goodness of the gospel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. There's some space that needs to be filled. Talking about spiritual dimensions, a message that was talking about going through certain doors 
and, 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 and being burdened to go through those doors and allow God to open up some things in spiritual dimensions to us because our world needs some space to be filled. Somebody needs to rise to the occasion and say, we're not walking around according to the flesh and carnality, but we've opened a door into a spiritual dimension where the Holy Ghost brings joy, peace, and the goodness of God and the kingdom of God flows through this dimension and when everybody else is following their own carnality and their own lust and their own way there's somebody that steps up and says we got some space that can be filled and from that dimension comes anointing and power and ability praise God I believe there's somebody in this world that's looking for that kind of power and looking for that kind of ability praise God come on somebody we need to rise to the occasion here tonight and say it's a new season it's a new day and God wants to use us as conduits of his power and his ability don't look at me with boredom on your face look at me with celebration that we've got an opportunity to be used of God hallelujah hallelujah Come on, somebody, make some noise in this house. Praise God. Clap your hands. Lift up your voice. Fill this atmosphere with energy and inspiration. God, you are going to do great things. Amen. In 2024, there's going to be no empty chair. Now, in this place at 238 Conference, there were no empty chairs. We had to put out, I don't know how many chairs we put out, but Clayton Blankenship, how many chairs did we put out? about 525 chairs so every pew was packed all the way up to the front and there were I don't know how many chairs were out in the lobby but there were 300 250 people out in the lobby and the people in the lobby were worshiping like the people in here hmm Surely it wouldn't be any of us here if the building was so full and you had to sit out into the lobby. We wouldn't leave. We would say, let me in the building. I want to feel after God's anointing and his power. It doesn't mean if I'm in the lobby, I still want to be where God's doing great things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. But we're not in the lobby here tonight. We're sanctuary. We're in the place tonight where we can worship and magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You say, well, why are you pushing here a little bit? I'm going to push every time we're in service because we are constituents of the King of Kings. We are sons and daughters of the King, and every time we get into his presence, we should get in his presence with power and ability and a voice. Amen. Praise God. So no empty chair means filling up the space. And there's a lot of things that we could we could fill. It it represents opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for space to be filled. And this idea of being filled is found all throughout the scripture and we've read Zacharias 
who was filled with the Holy Ghost, and he began to prophesy. But there was a context to that that was interesting. Zacharias was a priest in the temple. He was married to a woman by the name of Elizabeth, and they were both well-stricken in age, and so they could not have children. And it was Zacharias' duty as a priest in the temple to burn incense. So he would go in and he would burn incense. And while he was in the temple and people were waiting on the outside for him to come back, he was in there for a long time. An angel appeared unto him. And the angel said to him, Elizabeth would have a son and the son's name would be John. And the angel said John would be filled, there it is again, John would be filled with the Holy Ghost. We know this is filling that is different from the day of Pentecost filling. This was a special purpose in a special per person. In this case, John, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. The prophecy said he would be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so Zacharias doubted this. And when he doubted, the angel said that until the child is born, you will not be able to speak. And so when he came out to the people outside of the temple, he could not speak. He kind of made some motions and what have you, but they were amazed that he could not speak. And he could not speak the entire pregnancy until John the Baptist was born and when he was born and it came time for circumcision there were others that named him Zacharias because they were naming him after his father and Elizabeth said no not so it actually says not so the scripture says Elizabeth said not so his name is John and so they went to Zacharias and they said, what do you want his name to be? And he asked for a tablet. And they brought him a tablet and he wrote, his name is John. And when he said his name is John, his mouth opened up after nine months of silence. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost and he started prophesying what we have read in our text verse. His name is John the Baptist and God is doing amazing things. And this, my child, is going to be the forerunner of the Christ. He's going to prepare the way for Jesus. His mouth was opened and he began to speak and he began to prophesy there was space to fill something needed to be filled because there's 400 silent years of no prophetic voice it's 400 silent years from the end of the old testament into the beginning of the new testament and so there was some space that needed to be filled zacharias the scripture said in that chapter was filled with the holy ghost elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and John was filled with the Holy Ghost. What was in that space? What was in that space, that time, and that history? 
What was in that space is no prophetic voice. What was in that space was no revival. What was in that space was hypocrisy and stony hearts. But when John comes, he comes to fill an empty chair or the space. And he starts preaching repentance. And he said, there is coming a baptism of fire. And he said, that one that is coming is going to bring purity. And when that one comes, I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose the latchet of his shoes. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There's going to be revival. There is going to be healing. Jesus is going to come as God manifested in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Hallelujah. And the Word was made flesh. Jesus came in to fill the space of the void. came to fill the space in the void of 400 silent years. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 14, the scripture says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it to the minister and he sat down and the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Jesus was saying, I'm coming to fill some empty space. There's an empty chair that I'm coming to fill the space. There's a work that has to be done. I'm coming to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm coming to bring healing and anointing. I'm preaching to you here on a Tuesday night that God is calling us to the same ministry. We have to be about the Father's business. We got work to do. We've got work to do. There is space that needs to be filled. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and thank the Lord that God has given to us the opportunity to be used of him. Hallelujah. No empty chair. Space needs to be filled. Something needs to occupy space. Calvary was powerful, but it was not complete without Jesus continuing his promise to Abraham. Praise God. We look back on Calvary, and we're grateful and thankful. Jesus filled the space of the Old Testament expectation of the Messiah, but there was still space to fill Abraham's promise. 
And so in the early church, what we see, we see individuals filled with the Holy Ghost continuing to carry out the ministry of Jesus who is from heaven and his kingdom has come on earth as it is in heaven. And there are ambassadors that he is calling to do the work of the Lord. I don't want to be just a spectator. I want to be a participator. I'm thankful for what God has richly done in my life, but something stirring on the inside of me, not just to receive the blessing, but to be a blessing. We can't just receive without giving because it is better to give than it is to receive. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching here to somebody in this place. I want to inspire you to feel some empty space. Praise God. I want you to fill the pew that is sitting next to you. If it's empty, I want you to pray that it's filled. Praise God. We got to work together to make sure that revival is taking place and revival is happening because there is a hungry world. Some of you look at me like, I don't know what in the world's got into him. We need to be about the Father's business. Hallelujah. I don't want to browbeat anybody here tonight, but we need to pray more. We need to teach Bible studies more. We need to reach more. We need to disciple more. We need to mentor more. We need to worship more. It's a year of filling up empty space. Praise God. If there's an empty space beside me, I'm going to worship for me and the empty space. Look to the left and to the right. Is there empty space next to you? If there's empty space to you, you ought to get it down on the inside of you tonight. I'm here to worship as if I'm worshiping for the three people that are not here yet. But they're coming. They're coming. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. They're coming. Praise God. I'm going to pray for the empty space. I'm going to fast for the empty space. I'm going to teach Bible studies. I'm going to reach out and pray for the empty spaces. That's a new convert right there. Don't let her run by herself. Praise God. Somebody needs to, somebody needs to link up with her and say, we need to be inspired. We need to be revived. We need to occupy until he comes. Come on, let's praise God until they get back in the building. Let's praise God until they're back into the sanctuary. Lord, we're expecting great things. Our expectation is that you're going to show up and you're going to show out in a mighty way in 2024. Praise God. Let there be no empty chair. Let there be no empty chair. Let there be no empty chair. Praise God. Let there be no empty chair. Let there be no empty space. Everything that we do, let it be about occupying and filling up the space. Praise God. We see this in the early church. They witnessed God's power and they were constantly filling up space. 
On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, and verse number 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled. So on the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the anointing of God. Peter and John were going up into the temple at the gate called Beautiful. And as they were going into the temple, there was a man that was laid there from his birth. And he was begging for alms. And they looked on him and they said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he leaped up and started running around the temple and everybody was amazed. And the chief priests and everybody else were conflicted and they, they set them in the midst. In Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12 and they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter Filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, you know what happened? Peter showed up at the temple where there was no revival. There was no move of God. And Peter walked in and filled the space. It's dead around here. Here I come. I'm here. I don't have money, but I got something that's powerful. Praise God. I can't give you money and coins and alms, but I got a name that's above every name. And I'm stepping into this environment, filling the space of revival and letting you know that there is a Jesus that can heal you. <laughs> Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, said, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Peter filled the space of the void that was there. Confusion about who God is. And Peter stepped into that space and he said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none another name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved he occupied he filled he stepped into confusion and the realm of unbelief I just am crazy enough to believe that there are church people saints of God that can step into the realm of confusion and say our world is upside down but I've come to fill some space I've come to occupy some territory and I've come to declare a name that is above every name praise God they got together and had a prayer meeting in the act, at the end of Acts chapter number 4 collectively not just Peter and John Peter and John went back to the church and they said they told us not to say any, anymore not to preach anymore what are we going to do and they started praying and in verse number 31 of chapter 4, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. By the way, did you enjoy that 10 minutes of focused prayer the other night? Was that powerful? 
I was not expecting that. We may have to add that just at, at certain points in times. What a power we felt in the house of God when people started focusing their attention and praying. Hallelujah. We need to thank God for that right now, that his anointing and his presence blessed that, anointed that. <clears throat> Amen. We need to continue that. And so here they are praying, they're assembled together, and the Bible said they were all filled. Can you imagine when everybody, when everybody comes to a prayer meeting like they did in this particular case, and the Bible said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That, that means nobody got left behind. There was no empty space. Every single person that was in the prayer meeting was filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe in our generation, we need that kind of revival that everybody, nobody gets left behind behind. There's no empty space. There's no empty chair, but everybody, everybody is full of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. How are we going to impact our city when everybody is filled with the Holy Ghost? That's how it's going to happen. Amen. So here they are. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and this is why they were praying. They spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. They spake the word of God with boldness. Then the church started growing. At some particular point in time, it got so big that they needed to find some men of honest report in Acts chapter 6 and verse number 3 that would help with the business of the church. And they appointed over the business of the church seven men, honest report, full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> One of those men that was full of the Holy Ghost was Stephen in Acts chapter 7. They got so upset with Stephen. Stephen was appointed to, be a, to, to take care of the business matters. But he was so powerful in his anointing, in his understanding, in his ministry, that he was, he was so effective that they brought him and said that he was causing sedition and causing confusion. And they brought him to give testimony and, and make a defense. And he gave a defense, a concise defense. And he got to the point where he said, God dwells not in temples made with hands. It infuriated them. They were always accustomed to having a temple, and they felt like the temple, the temple became a god to them. It caused them to be carried off into ca captivity because they had the house, but they weren't serving the god of the house. They were just serving the house. And, and so Stephen makes that declaration to them. It's not about this temple, this physical temple. It's a, God doesn't dwell in temple made with hands. So they're saying, therefore, you're, you're causing seditions and you're speaking against the temple. Stephen said, God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. What he was trying to tell them is the Holy Ghost has come. And he has come to reside in the temple of humanity. Everybody is the temple of God. And the Holy Ghost is poured out to everybody. It made them so mad and so angry that they ganashed their teeth. They gnashed their teeth. I like the ganashed. I think it's pretty cool. They ganashed. They gnashed their teeth, meaning they, they were grinding their teeth, and they picked up stones, and they stoned him. Stephen lost his life, but he occupied some space that said, it doesn't matter how much peer pressure comes against me, whether it's religious or whether it is secular. I'm not bending, and I'm not bowing because I appreciate the infilling of the Holy Ghost, and I may die and lose my life, but I am not going to back up, give in, or give up. I'm going to testify. I'm going to proclaim the power of the Holy Ghost. 
He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Later, Paul and Barnabas were doing missionary works in Acts chapter 11, verse 24. Barnabas was a good man, and he was full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. He was full of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 13, Paul, Barnabas, the disciples, and the city of Iconium, there was revival that happened to the Gentiles. Some rejected it, but Paul and Barnabas said God is turning to the Gentiles because his promise to Abraham is to everybody not just the Jews. And in chapter 13, verse number 50, the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was poured out in Samaria in Acts chapter 8. It was poured out in Caesarea in Acts chapter 10. It was poured out in Ephesus in chapter number 19. The Holy Ghost is filling up unregenerate space. Hallelujah. It's filling up unregenerate space. I believe the Holy Ghost is still looking for unregenerate space in the city of Bakersfield in 2024 to fill up some space. People are distracted by a lot of stuff and they're pursuing a lot of stuff, but there's some emptiness in their life. I believe God's going to send revivals to every corner of our city, every nook and cranny. I am praying that the Holy Ghost is poured out and permeates into every area of the city, whether it's by by somebody knocking on a door or whether somebody's praying and interceding that God leads somebody to them. I believe God's looking for somebody in Bakersfield. The world needs a spiritual revival. There's empty space. And it's a conundrum because people are full of stuff and full of distractions but it still leaves them empty. Leaves them empty. The more I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, the more I'm like Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. I said the more I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with the Spirit, the more I'm like Jesus. Praise God. Don't, don't wait. <laughs> don't wait months on in to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can only pour out what is in you. That comment right there was worth its weight in gold. You can only pour out what is in you. You're full of the Holy Ghost, you can pour out a lot. But if you got just a little bit of Holy Ghost in you, that's all you can give to somebody. I believe we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The reason why they were so powerful in Acts is because they were full of the Holy Ghost and they could pour it out and God would refill and they would pour it out and God would refill and they would pour it out. They were waiting six months at a time to be refilled and renewed in the Holy Ghost. It was an everyday experience, an everyday experience of being filled with the Spirit. Paul said, I want to be poured out to the kingdom of God. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 13. I want to be poured out and refilled. I don't want to be, I don't want there to be an evaporation. I got the Holy Ghost at 238. Okay, it's, 
January, February, March, April. In our world today, if you've gone four months, the Holy Ghost that you once had has evaporated. It's long gone. Matter of fact, I'd be so bold to say you might have got the Holy Ghost 238, but it's probably long gone by the time the next Sunday comes around. We got to get past this business of thinking, I got, I got a breakthrough and a renewing of the Holy Ghost, and then six months go by before you ever talk in tongues again. You need to come to the house of God and say every service is an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not letting it go by. I'm not wasting a service because I want to be poured out to the kingdom of God. I want to pour out blessing to somebody, and the only way I can pour out blessing to somebody is if I'm full of his spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands and thank the Lord together. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We are an apostolic people. We are a Pentecostal people. We believe in the infilling and the renewing of the Holy Ghost that happens often. Praise God, it should be that quick. That quick. It shouldn't have to be a bulldozer and an army, a bunch of bazookas and everything else to get us where we need to be spiritually. We need to be primed and ready every single opportunity we get. Amen. We don't need to be knocked over upside the head, bring somebody in and preach for five weeks before we ever move. We should move in prayer service. Yeah, we need somebody to come in here and preach it out of us. You should pray it out of yourself. It shouldn't even take a preacher. I got a few folks with me. The rest of you, I'm not, I'm not quite. Uh, pulse check, pulse check, pulse check. When's the last time you talked in tongues? When's the last time you had a renewing of the Holy Ghost where you felt like you were full and you walked away from the house of God saying, I can take on every temptation? Come at me, devil. I've got something greater on the inside of me. be poured out poured out Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 13 I'm, I'm, I'm coming quickly to a conclusion matter of fact the musicians can come Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13 for God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you Whew. that's pretty weighty right there If you're complaining and arguing about stuff, people are going to criticize you. Even if you feel like you're the only one doing it, don't complain and criticize. <laughs> Figure out how to make it better. Well, praise God. I just went to meddling right there. When you're doing stuff and it feels like you're the only one doing it, don't complain and criticize. Ask yourself a question. This is a great question. It's a great leadership question. Ask yourself, what does this mean? I mean, it may mean I need some more help. <laughs> it also might mean I might be abrasive and I may be pushing people away. Ask yourself that question, what does it mean? But the one thing you don't want to do, according to the scripture, is complain and argue. Why? 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 Because people will criticize you. 
if that's what you're doing. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in the world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life. That's the King James Version that you're reading. I'm reading the NLT because I like this phraseology. I will rejoice, verse number 17. I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. Just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Paul's saying, pour your life out as an offering to God. Pour it out like a liquid offering to God. Amen. Praise God. So my three points here tonight is Zacharias was filled. He was filled and he started prophesying. We look in the book of Acts and we see a theme of the church being filled in the first century. And my last point is GBFPC needs to be filled. So GBFPC needs to be filled. How? How, how, do, how, do, how do we do that? No empty chair. No empty chair. There's space that needs to be filled. Every ministry is work that is being done to fill the space in the kingdom of God. Every single ministry. God. Sunday school teachers be full of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because God wants to pour you out as a liquid offering to fill the space in the void of some of those children's lives. Praise God. Man, I feel the anointing of God. Doesn't that change everything? It changes absolutely everything. I want to be poured out to the service of your work. I want to fill the space. God. Read your Bible this year. You need to read your Bible this year. Why? Because there's a lot of distractions filling up the space in your spiritual walk with God. You need to make a determination here tonight. You know what? I'm going to read all the way through the scripture. There's a lot of different ways you could do it. I'm using an ESV this year that's a one-year Bible. You read about 15 minutes a day. You read something in Genesis, something in the New Testament, something from Psalms and something from Proverbs. It's 15 minutes. We need to read through the scripture. Come on, folks. I make a statement like that. <laughs> I'll make a statement like that. We don't need silence. We need arousing, yes, because this is what the church is about and spiritual formation and discipleship is about. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I need to read. We all need to read our Bible. It's important. You don't understand the scripture. The devil convinced you of all kinds of hoodwinkery, deception, and manipulation. Praise God. We need to fast more often. We're still not there yet. We're still not there. I said we need to fast more often this year. Hallelujah. You need to make a, if you fasted one time a week, for 52 weeks, it would be 52 days that you fasted in a year. You need to put that down. I'm going to fast 52 times this year. If I get off track one week, that means it's going to have 
two days to make up the next day, but I'm going to do it because spiritual formation is important. And if I'm going to reach my city and fill up space, I got to be full of the Holy Ghost and I got to be on fire. How can I be on fire? If I'm reading my Bible, if I'm fasting, we need to pray more often. God, we need to teach a Bible study. We, we need to kick out insecurity, and we need to say, God, I know I'm praying you're going to direct me, you're going to guide me, and I'm going to walk through that door, and I'm going to teach somebody a Bible study. We need to be part of the harvest. However we can get involved, whether it's praying, whether it's going out, whether it's doing follow-up, I want to be part of the harvest. I want to be part of, of the revival. I want to fill up the space. Praise God, you need to step into ministry. So I, I, I don't know what to do. I, there, pray about it and let God direct you to a ministry. I think of a ministry right now. Some, some people say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not young and I'm not, I don't have the ability and I can't run, jump, do all this kind of stuff. You could, you could formulate a group or a team that just went and visited people. You don't have to be some big theologian. All you got to do is show up. Hey, Brother Laird, thinking about you, praying about you. We got a, we got a ministry team of elders and we're just going around doing good stuff. It's a ministry of the church. Listen, we should not be sitting on a church pew doing nothing. We should be involved in ministry because it's about occupying space. Hallelujah. I can't even do that. I can't even get out. Can't do anything. You can pray. You can pray. Plug into a ministry. Plug into a minute. In 2024, plug into a ministry. If there's something that doesn't fit your needs, find something and create it. Say, well, I started a ministry and nobody joined it. That's so. You started it, keep going. Keep, get, follow through with it. If it's two people doing something, do that. I, I guarantee you God will bless you because you're plugging into something. You know why people are committing suicide? They don't have a purpose. And they look around and they say, is this all that there is to life? Whether they're poor or whether they've got all kinds of money. Every time you, you look at a news feed, a news page or something, there are people who are millionaires that are committing suicide, suicide and all kinds of stuff with families and what have you. If you don't have a purpose, you don't have a meaning. But if you're plugged into something, young people hear me, you get about college, college and career. You get about that age. And you start looking around. If you're not plugged in, if you're not doing, if you're not doing something, you become very susceptible to the enemy. Amen. Be a part of a ministry. Step into a ministry. Disciple someone. Disciple someone. Praise God. There's great opportunities. Did you know there's a young man here? You may not even met him. His name's Sean. He's sitting right there. Sean, wave your hand. Praise God. He got the Holy Ghost, was baptized in Jesus' name in Sacramento, California. He's up there. He got, he got moved back down here. He's living with his mom. God's doing great things in his life.
and he's connected to people that went to school at Bethel Apostolic Academy. He didn't even know it. He's connected to the Subia family. He was on this piece of property before he got in church. He, he helped put the block wall up around the park out there. And lo and behold, he's in church here. Never even fathomed or imagined while he's putting up blocks that he would be in the sanctuary because God reached him in Sacramento and he's back in Bakersfield. Disciple somebody. Disciple somebody. Mentor somebody. Amen. Grow and go. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let it be said that they were filled with the Spirit in worship, in prayer, in fellowship, in doctrine. Praise God. Amen. I've got some expected outcomes in 2024 this year. Amen. The ushers are going to help us and they're going to hand out some going to hand out some little papers. Actually, you can sit down just for a minute while we're doing this so that you're not standing. You're going to hand out some papers and it says on the paper things that I want to accomplish in 2024. Brother Jacob Phillips did this last year and uh, the inspiration for this is some I'd forgotten about it. Some of you came to me and said, hey, do you remember Brother Phillips? He gave us papers and he told us to pray about this and stick it in our Bible. I said, well, vaguely, yeah, I, I do. They said, you will not believe it. And I was opening my Bible, looking at that, and God accomplished the things that I had written in, on that piece of paper. So this, that, this is the inspiration. Not, not just one of you, but several of you. God. So this paper says on it, things I want to accomplish in 2024 and things that I'm praying about or praying for in 2024. So there may be some things that you want to accomplish. I, this is me, I want to read through the Bible this year. I want to fast more than I did last year. It's always good sometimes to throw a number out there and connect the fact. So I want to fast 50 days this year. I want to reduce time stealers and distraction. I want to reduce the amount of distraction, whether that's the internet or social media or, or, or could be for young people, could be games. Someone told me, Vague, vaguely, it's just kind of hazy. I can't remember who or what. But somebody told me at, at youth winter camp, somebody wanted to be used of God, and they they put away their gaming console, and they're focusing on other stuff. That, so that for me, I want to reduce some of the time stealers and the distractions and just waste time. I want to worship God to my best ability every single service. I don't want a service to go by that I miss giving God my best. So and that's all things that are like spiritual formation. Uh, but then there may also be some things you're praying about, people you're praying for. 
I think it's some young people right here that I've, I've got on my list that they're struggling and they think they've made decisions for the betterment of themselves and it's not. The devil's a liar, the devil's a liar, the devil's a liar. And I'm praying that they come back and they've come back without too many scars. So maybe somebody that you're praying about <laughs> or something you're praying God. I want you to fill that out. Amen. They're still passing those out. Anybody else? Everybody have that? Amen. The singers up here don't, so you need to bring them some. You're good? Oh, awesome. Praise God. Praise God. You say, well, why are we doing this? Well, you, you're going to hit what your target is. If you have no target, you're going to hit nothing. But if you got some specific things that you're trying to hit, praise God, you're praying about that, you're focused on that, you're probably going to hit that. Amen. So that's why we're doing it. We want to occupy every space. We want this to be a year of no empty chair. Amen. Praise God. Give you just a few more minutes. Thanks, God. You could always add to that. What I want you to do is I'm going to have you fold that, and then we're going to gather around here in the front. We're going to pray about those things. Certainly, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So anything I'm trying to accomplish... I can't do it without his strength and his help and his ability. And so I need to pray about that. I want his anointing to direct me and guide me. So we're going to pray about it. Then what I want you to do is I want you to stick it in your Bible or your notepad or something. Every once in a while, you may come across it and see it. And then certainly at the end of the year, you can look at it. I believe there's going to be some praise reports. I know that because some of you came to me and said, I got a praise report. What I wrote down last year, God did it. Amen. I believe there's going to be some praise reports of that. Praise God. So let's stand together. Fold that, fold that in half, and, and, and let's come to the front here tonight. We're going to hold this up. We're going to pray for what we've written that God's going to help us in 2024 accomplish what we have put before him. Amen. We've put before him some focused things. Amen. Come in as close as you can. Make sure everybody has opportunity to get as close as they can. We're going to agree together tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. I want you to raise that up. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you and praise you and worship you. Hallelujah. God, I pray for your strength and your anointing. Amen. I pray that you help me. Bible reading this year becomes more powerful than it has been in the past. I pray that this year your anointing and your strength goes with me as we attempt to fast more this year. We want there to be a power and a strength. We want to be full of the Holy Ghost. So these are some things that we're committing and putting before you. I pray that you would help me 
eliminate some of the distractions, reduce the amount of distractions so I can be more effective and successful in the kingdom of God and the work of God. I'm bringing these things before you. And I'm also bringing names and I'm bringing situations before you. Hallelujah. I recognize with humanity it's an impossibility, but with God, praise God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. So I'm extending my faith and my confidence before you. Praise God. Come on, somebody. Pray with the boldness tonight. Pray with authority. Praise God. I speak it in faith. I claim it in Jesus' name. I ask for your ability. I ask for your strength. I ask for your anointing.
God, praise God. You believe God's able to do what you've written down? Hallelujah. Come on, I said, do you believe that God is able to accomplish what you put before him? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I feel the accuser of the brethren saying, this is so dumb. This is ridiculous. You need to wave that thing in his face and say, no, it's not dumb and ridiculous. It's the anointing of God. Praise God. It's the power of God. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Carol preached about having a burden for our pastor. And I felt a burden on Friday morning for our pastor and Sister Bradford, our pastor's wife. And Sister Paisley texted me last night, and she has a burden for her mom and her dad. And I'm telling you, church, pastor's making a stand right now, and the devil is going to attack him. He's going to attack Sister Bradford with everything that he's got. He does not want this to happen. He does not want us to move forward. He does not want the Holy Ghost to be poured out. Hallelujah, Sister Bradford, if you would come up here. Ministry, if you would come up here. And let's pray for brother and sister Bradford that the devil, God, I pray right now. Church, if you would bind together right now over brother and sister Bradford. God, we pray. In the name of Jesus, God, we bind together. We bind together in the name of Jesus. We bind together in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, God.
very true that whatever you do, and however much you step out, and however much you proclaim, there's going to be the same kind of response coming back to you. And God's greater. God's greater. I would rather, I'd rather be in a fight for revival than to just step back and do nothing and say it's not worth the battle, it's not worth the fight. You know what? Your kids are worth the fight. Your children are worth the fight. You're worth the fight. Praise God. Our city is worth the fight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. While we're, while we're in this moment, we need to pray for two special people. One is... Ed Allard, who's out of this church, a tremendous missionary to the country of Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast. Served there for many, many, many years. Roots that go way, way back in our church. He's in the hospital. He is doing a little better. Brother Powell was able to visit with him. He's doing better today than he was yesterday. And Bishop had a procedure, the same procedure that Robert, Robert, what do they call that? Cervical spine procedure. They they try to go in and reduce the pressure in the, on the nerves of the spine, the upper spine, because it, it, it impinges. And so I know there's been quite a number of people who have had that procedure. He had that today, and it went very, very well. But they're going to keep him over just to make sure that he's okay. We need to pray that God would strengthen him. Amen. Praise God. That God would bring healing and speedy recovery. Speedy recovery in Jesus' name. You see this week's prayer requests. Amen. Praise God. If there is something you're praying about, let's join with all of these and these two special requests. And let's pray together. Lord, we thank you and praise you. I pray that healing and anointing. Praise God. Flows to Bishop and Brother Allard, your anointing and strength. You're a God that knows how to encourage. It's healing to us. And we come to you and we extend our faith before you. We ask for every special request that is projected here tonight. I pray that your anointing would touch individuals and your ability would do a work that can only be attributed to a sovereign God. We thank you and we acknowledge you and we praise you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.